It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your next order of Built Bars. Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 806, 807. It's an episode of Locked On Raptors. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter as always, at WoodleySean, and you can find the show at Locked On Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And of course, please make sure you're checking out the entirety of the Locked On Podcast Network. If you are a baseball fan, you can check out Locked On Rays and Locked On Dodgers today to get the goods on the World Series that is starting up. The Dodgers have beaten the Braves. The Rays have beaten the stupid Astros. It should be a great World Series, and you should check out those shows as well as Locked on MLB as they'll have you covered over there. All right. On today's show, we are continuing our 2019-20 season in review for the Raptors going player by player. And in Friday's case, coach as well as we talked about Nick Nurse. But we go back to the player roster today with a player who I have been very excited to talk about as we've been trying to organize this podcast with today's guests. We are talking about Serge Ibaka, uh, an absolute favorite of this podcast, of Raptors fans the world over, I'm sure, and uh, of today's guest, who is, uh, I mean, you heard her everywhere. She does broadcasting across the nation and is a wonderful, wonderful radio personality, television personality, uh, Hoop Talks Live host personality. It is Ashley Docking. Ashley, how are you? Hey, I'm doing good. 806, eh? That yeah. deserves a round of applause in itself for that longevity. Congratulations. Thank you. It's a lot of episodes. I can't imagine anyone's listened to more than five, but it's nice. Uh, except for one listener, Brandon, <laughs> who is sure to tell me he's listened to every single episode. And I feel like I should buy him something because... You need to get him some swag. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it, That's a lot of my voice. I don't even like my voice that much. And I love my own <laughs> voice. Uh, <laughs> 
So, Ashley, uh, as teased off the top, today we are talking about Serge Ibaka and his 2019-20 season. We'll kick things off and kind of dive into the season that was this past year. We'll dive in the second segment into what things look like for him in the 2020-2021 season and beyond. And then we will take a listener question to wrap things up in the final segment. We got a very good one we're going to get to from our pal Andy, one of the best follows there is on blue jays and or raptors or to toronto sports internet so go give at underscore rally cap a follow we'll get to his question in the final segment um but let's start things off here ashley with serge abaca's 2019-20 the tail of the tape he played 55 games started 27 played 27 minutes a game 15.4 points 8.2 boards one and a half assists he shot 38.5 percent from three he shot 56 percent on twos and pretty much had his best season as a pro maybe there's a season or two in oklahoma city where his defense was so good it kind of uh, over i guess built up his resume to the point you could call one of those his best seasons but I really think this was a career year in a lot of different ways for Serge Ibaka, uh, not to mention all the off-court stuff where he really hit new heights in terms of content. So, Ashley, uh, let me start with this. What was your sort of biggest takeaway from Serge Ibaka's 2019-20? What's the thing you're going to be left thinking about uh, going into this offseason where obviously his future kind of hangs in the balance? I mean, if the answer that anyone comes to is anything but what about scarves, then it's the wrong answer. (laughs) Um, Since we do, as you mentioned, love the content that he had produced. But if we're talking about actual basketball related stuff, I think the thing that sticks out to me the most is honestly just his versatility. And I think that that kind of encompasses a lot about him. You mentioned it. He was coming off the bench. He was starting. He was making impact plays on defense, even though his explosiveness on the defensive end has waned in recent years. He was making big shots offensively. Um, He was being a good teammate. He was rallying. He wasn't complaining about anything. Um, You know, in the playoffs, he's playing through injury. So I think just the versatility and the resilience is something that really stood out to me this year. And not to mention, Sean, the way that he's changed his game, right? Like you mentioned the OKC years where he led the league in blocks two consecutive years in a row he's three-time all-team first team defense in his career but as he's gotten older he's expanded his game to still be effective on defense maybe not blocking shots as much but still causing opponents to not have a great shooting percentage in and around the rim when he's affecting shots but now he's also making an impact on offense as a really good pick and roll shooter pick and pop three-point effectiveness great mid-range game um, and doing it all well not necessarily knowing where he fits in the lineup any given time for the last two years really yeah he's been just like such an excellent platoon center for the last two years now and obviously this year his starts kind of came because Marcus Saul was hurt and it wasn't necessarily right. a flip-flopping based on matchups or anything like that but either way it still stands up he started half his games and you know the fact that he's able to do that and sort of be the same guy, whether he's playing with starters or reserves, is really a testament to sort of how far he's come. And I also think just the 
effect that moving him from power forward to center in the last two years has had, right? I mean, he's mm-hmm. played some power forward next to Marcus Saul in the big line, as we talked about and all that. But for the most part, he's been purely a center. And it was long overdue for him to move to center. This is the late 20, 2010s in the NBA. And for probably like five or six years before he moved to the position, he was probably already a center. He was just playing next to Steven Adams in OKC and 10,000 other centers in, in Orlando. And so it never really <laughs> made sense. Now it's just, it's a perfect situation. He's like an ideal big man to have. You know, I think we talk a lot about, or I've talked a lot about on this podcast, how, you know, Miles Turner is a guy who, if the Raptors can get their hands on him, I'd be all over that. And that's basically what Serge Ibaka is, just with a little bit better defense and a little more explosiveness as a young guy. But dude who can be sort of a security blanket on offense for you, a finisher on a team that doesn't have a ton of finishers, who can hit an 18-footer, a 23-footer, or can score at the rim. I mean, that is not easy to find, particularly when it comes to big men. And Ibaka does it all. Uh, You kind of find a lot of the time with bigs, it's either one or the other, right? Like, oh, this Mm -hmm. one's a good post-up guy. This one's a good dive man who can't shoot beyond four feet. This guy's a good three-point shooter, but not the most explosive guy going to the rim. Ibaka can kind of do it all and be very efficient doing it. And, you know, any lineup he's in, as much as maybe his defense drops off from the level that sort of Gasol plays, the way that he can finish plays with a Kyle Lowry or a Fred Van Vliet and sort of work with any point guard to kind of give any offense a backbone that you can rely on, that is a very, very valuable thing to have. And I think as a result, Serge Ibaka has worked himself into a pretty big contract, whatever next season is going to hold, whether it's a one-year deal with the Raptors, whether it's something bigger somewhere else, which we'll get to in the second segment. Um, But yeah, I think you make a good point, Ashley, that his versatility and sort of his ability to adapt to whatever role the Raptors need him to play has been so valuable the last couple of seasons and in particular this year with all the talent you know exodus that went out went on with with Kawhi and Danny Green leaving um you mentioned the the scarf stuff as well and like this is something we have to talk about with Serge Ibaka and like <laughs> you know people will, will laugh at it and say well it doesn't matter it doesn't get translate to wins or whatever I think all of that talk is kind of bullshit to be honest I think we are people who root for a sports team and having people who are likable to root for matters. I mean, right now the Toronto Blue Jays are talking about maybe signing Trevor Bauer, who's the freaking worst. Whereas the Raptors, (laughs) I think a big reason why the Raptors have been so likable or easy to root for is that the people on the team are damn likable as much as like the results have been. And Serge Ibaka, I think, has really been kind of a leader in that over the last couple of years in particular, as he's kind of really rebounded from, a point in his career after the 2018 playoffs where it seemed like he was kind of toast. And now he's like an all-time Raptors fan favorite. You know, how much value do you put on that, Ashley, as someone who like cares about the team and watches them every day? I I mean, people know how I feel about that stuff. I think it's extremely important to have people on the team you actually care about rooting for. Um, But where does that sort of slot in for you when you're sort of weighing the value of Serge Ibaka? Okay. So I think it's kind of hard for the everyday person, myself included, to relate to a professional blank player, baseball, basketball, whatever, in this case, basketball player. But I think that we can kind of relate in the sense where it's like, listen, you might love your job, but sometimes it gets mundane. Sometimes, no matter how exciting your job is, you're like, eh, not really feeling it today. Would rather stay in bed and watch Netflix order Uber Eats, whatever the case may be. The same goes for NBA players. Even though they get paid a ton of money to play a game, it still can get monotonous sometimes. Shoot around, media requests, back home, video games, back to the arena, games, right? So when you have guys like Serge, 
OG, Pascal, who are having a good time and who are kind of making up these little narratives and these little inside jokes within their team any given season, that really helps you pull through the sludge on your way to the postseason. Because this is the Raptors team, what is it, five years, 50 wins or something along those lines? Mm -hmm. Like they've been in the conversation for a long time. And yes, they were chasing a championship up until last year. But it doesn't mean that the regular season doesn't get mundane when you've had a taste of the postseason and you're like, this is where we want to go. This is our goal. None of this regular season stuff matters. So it's little inside things like that. What about scarves? Um, his cooking show when he's just like serving up the most disgusting things to his teammates. <laughs> it's those things that really help propel you through the dog days of a season. And so for me, it's invaluable. Yeah, I'm with you completely. Uh, I, I think, you know, the combination of him being very good at basketball and being just like the most likable person there is, it, it really, th there are very few guys that kind of put that together, right? I mean, a lot of times mm -hmm. guys, uh, you know, they, they kind of are one or the other. You know, you have like the fun J.R. Smith and Dion Waiters is on the bench having a good mm -hmm. time, whereas the rest of the guys are being serious and at work. And I think Abaka kind of has that work-life balance <laughs> in a very nice way when yeah. he's sort of doing his stuff for the Raptors. And you know, think about some of the games that he really kind of popped off in this year, in particular that Pacers game, which probably will go down as his best game this season. One of his better ones as a Raptor, where mm -hmm. he was 13 to 21. He hit the big three as the comeback was coming near the uh, near close in that game as the Raptors extended their winning streak to a franchise record 12. And that was scarf night. Like they, they, he showed up with the scarf down to the floor when OG Ananobi did as well, right after that all became like a viral sensation. And like leaning into that, was beautiful and the fact that that became like the scarf bowl and will always be known as that <laughs> like like you said the regular season is long the regular season you know certainly is important it's what we watch for most of our entertainment and for a guy to really sort of i think grasp that and understand it while also showing up and being an absolute boss for a lot of the playoffs as well um was a, a really nice thing to have on this raptors team for the last couple of years and he's gonna go down like on the short list of like top five fan favorites of all time, probably as a result of that kind of understanding that it is an entertainment product. It is just like a thing where you can show personality and be over the top. And I think uh, Abaka better than most kind of grasps, grasp that. So. Yeah, no, I of, agree yeah, with you. Yeah. And no, sorry, I was going to say, like, it, you make a good point about the Pacers performance. So that was like in the middle or just towards the end, I guess, of their 15 game win streak. So he yeah. hits the three with 30 seconds left to cap off an 11 0 run. Massive. And, you know, you say what you want about him not being the same kind of player that he has been in the past, even though he had amazing numbers this year. And to your point, when he was filling in for Marcus Gasol with more usage, his efficiency actually increased which not a lot of people can say but he tends to come up in these big moments in memorable ways even if he's not doing it all the time so his blocks are down a ton but he comes up with these big big moments right and then he has a horrible game against the Celtics in game three and then he comes back big time in game four even though he's not playing you know an, excess, an excessive you know amount of minutes so much so that um, Brad uh, Brad Stevens is like we need to change our game plan because we didn't account for Serge Ibaka, you know, popping off. And then his series against the Nets, um, you know, he just comes up with, with timely things. How many times, Sean, have you seen him behind the play after getting a massive block, sending the Raptors in transition, and he's just doing the finger shake like, no, 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 not today, even though I'm not averaging like four blocks a game. 
I still come through in the clutch. And I don't know how you feel about this, but I think that it's also important to, you know, consider what the league is like a little bit more these days. And I'm not saying that that accounts for the complete drop off of like one block a game versus four blocks a game when he was in his prime, but Mm -hmm. the game is played further out from the basket. There's not as much opportunity uh, maybe to be blocking shots against a big man who's backing you up to the basket. Mm -hmm. And also the guards are just so agile and so crafty. So it's tough to get your hand on a lot of stuff that probably closes the gap a little bit between the drop off that we've seen. Again, I'm not saying it accounts for all of it, but there are other factors that need to be included, but still somehow Ibaka manages to just find himself in these moments that really can change the course of games on any given night. Totally. Uh, And I think that's a good place to sort of take a look to next year and where he can maybe apply that same impact with the Raptors or another team potentially, as of course he is a free agent. We'll get to that in just a second, but first I want to tell everybody about Roman. Look, a lot of times you're just going to make excuses for erectile dysfunction. Like, oh, I had a long day at work or I'm just not feeling it. And it's not always easy to talk about, but Roman makes it easy to discuss and treat ED. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is a appropriate, Roman will ship you real medicine with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and most importantly, discreet. Getting started is simple as well. You just go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOn and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to talk about, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with the doctor and take care of it. Just go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOn to get up to $50 off your first month of ED treatment, a free online visit, and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOn for up to 50 bucks off your first month of ED treatment. One more time, that's GetRoman.com slash LockedOn. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Ashley. So as teased before the break, Serge Ibaka is a free agent, and it's a little uncertain as to what he's thinking, what his plan's going to be. I think it's fair to say he likes being in Toronto. It's been quite mm-hmm. good for him. He seems to love it here. And I, I bet if he had his druthers, he would get to stick around. Of course, it's not that simple. The Raptors have 2021 salary cap issue to keep in mind with Fred Van Vliet also to sign. And so I think it's fair to say that Serge Ibaka is only coming back to the Raptors next year on a one-year deal. You know, it's just, it's mm-hmm. not going to be financially feasible for the Raptors otherwise, unless they can move out Norm Powell or whatever it is. And if you're moving out other pieces to sign a 30-year-old big man, Maybe that's not the best way to sort of go about building your team. So we're probably looking at a one-year deal if Ibaka is going to come back, hopefully at a big number, you know, get him paid and just keep him around for a year by tossing a huge number his way. And then you can kind of figure things out and order things appropriately in the year after. If you want to go deep into the tax and you have Ibaka's bird rights, then maybe you can make that work. So with that, there's also the side of things that he could go and search a a big contract elsewhere. He will be one of the better free agents on a not very good market. And there are some teams out there that have some money to burn 
My question to you, Ashley, is how do you feel about this Ibaka thing? Would you like to see the Raptors bring him back on a one-year deal? Um, I mean, you, you could also say punt 2021 cap space and keep Ibaka around forever. I'm on the record saying, fuck it, give him a five-year max because he's cool <laughs> and I would like to root for him. Stop Obviously, it. tongue-in-cheek. But um, how do you sort of assess this Ibaka situation here going into the offseason? Okay, so I think there's a few things that are important important to point out when we talk about Ibaka. Like, obviously, management has made it a priority to have cap flexibility in 2021, as you mentioned. But I also think that they've made it very clear that they're here to reward uh, kind of and show respect to those who contributed to the 2019 title. And I think that that's where you have the one-year big money deal um, that could go to Ibaka from the Raptors. And I think a lot of people would be fine with that because you do keep your flexibility. You do get um, a center in the mix who knows the system again who has a ton of versatility which we've talked about a ton and who's used to playing with the guards that the Raptors have Kyle Lowry and fingers crossed Fred Van Vliet for one more year but I think the thing that's really interesting to me is kind of twofold so first of all we're dealing with a flat cap right so I actually think that it kind of changes the the way that free agents and maybe even teams are looking at this year. Like it almost seems like this year is going to be a scratch. And really what's the difference between a 31 year old Ibaka and a 32 year old Ibaka. If we're still practicing ageism in the year of 2020 in the NBA, (laughs) then that one year isn't really going to make a difference in terms of what his market value is since he's going to be on the other side of 30 anyway. And that seems like the drop dead date. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think that he's in a position where he doesn't necessarily have to quote unquote chase his last big money contract this year I think he has a little bit of leeway to maybe even get that big money payout for the last time next year a three-year contract a four-year contract with like a team option on the last year or something along those lines and I don't think that he's in a position where he's going to be quote-unquote chasing rings he just won one two years ago Mm-hmm. two seasons ago. So it, it's really interesting to me because I think right now he can pretty much just choose where he wants to be for comfort's sake and worry about all the things that we're talking about next year, just because of the landscape of the world right now. And it puts him in a very unique situation. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, it is important to, I think, weigh what Abaka's intentions are going to be. And you mentioned mm-hmm. like, he doesn't necessarily have to ring chase right now. I mean, I'm sure he'd like to win another ring. I, I don't think Ob- he could yeah, of course. T- protest He's not like, I'm good. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> One um, and done. But the thing is, is that the teams that have salary cap space are not teams that are good it's like you don't the think Hawks. the knicks have potential <laughs> no, the, <laughs> apparently mitchell robinson's a superstar in the making so i don't see why they would do that um uh-huh. yeah like the pistons are like probably gonna throw their whole nut at fred van vliet anyway so i don't really see a match there they've got blake griffin they've got uh I guess they traded Andre Drummond. I don't even, the Pistons roster, I'm so sad I don't even want to look at it to help fill this segment. Uh, <laughs> there's well, the okay, Kings. So I have a, yeah, sorry, go ahead. So I just have a question, a question about that, yeah. the Pistons roster because both Fred Van Vliet and Serge Ibaka have been tied to maybe Detroit wants them slash the familiarity they have with Dwayne Casey. Mm-hmm. And that's such an interesting thing to me because I'm not sure 
okay, first of all, let me just preface this by saying Dwayne Casey is exceptionally nice. I think he's probably underrated as a coach. I think Toronto gave him a lot of grief for his, you know, end of game, end of quarter plays or lack of board game, if you will. Um, But I just don't know how you go from Dwayne Casey, who seems to be a little bit more traditional in the way that he coaches basketball, go back to him after playing under Nick Nurse, who just said, F it and through the rules and convention to the wind and then go back to Dwayne Casey, something that a system that you played in three years ago, mm-hmm. especially in Fred Van Vliet's case. And I'm just wondering your thoughts on that. Yeah. I mean, I've talked about Fred before on the podcast. Like I, I don't think Detroit is like a terrifying suitor from the Raptors just because like, what are they really offering? Like if it's a couple extra million bucks, but you have to play in Detroit for a bad team, like, is it really yeah. worth it if you're Fred considering sort of the branding you've built up in Toronto? And I think that applies to Surge as well. Like I don't see Surge wanting to go to Detroit when Toronto's a few, <laughs> you know, a few miles down the road and he can get a big one-year contract. Like I wouldn't be surprised if the Raptors, you know, once they get the Fred thing figured out, uh, you know, obviously the tax is a, a thing to be concerned about here. But, you know, I, I wonder if they throw him like a $20 million offer, a 25 just to get him in-house for another year because their mm-hmm. big man position is so thin. And if that's the case, I mean you kind of at that point are offering something similar to what the very best teams and the potential sort of ring chasey teams might be able to offer, which is the mid-level exception over a few years, right? Like the Clippers are a team that, you know, I, I know a bunch of Clippers writers and fans and they are uh, frothing at the mouth of the idea of getting Serge Ibaka and replacing right. Montrez Harrell with him. And, you know, first of all, I think, you know, that would be work nicely. I'm sure it would be fine. I don't think Serge Ibaka is the answer to what ails the Clippers. And also, you know, if you're offering him three years and 25 million or whatever on the mid-level or slightly above that, I guess it's probably like nine and a half million for the mid-level right now. You know, what's better for Serge Ibaka one year at 25 when he can kind of re-enter next year, or Mm -hmm. is it one or three years at 25 or 20 or, or 30, whatever it might be where he's kind of locked in and, you know, Hey, maybe he wants to go win a ring and he wants to lock in $30 million guaranteed for the next three years just feels like he could probably make more if he, you know, cashes out big this year. And then, as you said, with a market that likely won't be all that depressed, uh, you know, barring like injury or something like that Mm -hmm. in a cap landscape where more teams are going to have money to burn, you know, maybe that's the way for him to go. And I think that's what Raptors fans should probably hope for. Um, Yeah. Like all these other teams that have cap space, like the, the, the Suns, they have Deandre and they're not looking for a big, you've got, the Kings and the Pelicans, I think they have some people to sign before their cap space is even set in stone. Right. Um, you know, the Pelicans could make some sense as like a pairing next to Zion, but maybe Zion's a center anyway. And what's the point of sort of stuffing that front court? So I feel... Yeah. The yeah. Clippers thing is weird. The Clippers thing's strange to me because why, in my opinion, why would someone go and sign there for the next three years or whatever the hypothetical case is, knowing that you are not sure what the two, you know headline players Kawhi and Paul George are Mm -hmm. trying to do after next season Mm -hmm. if I'm going somewhere to quote unquote chase rings and maybe taking less money then I want to make sure that the players that are going to get me there are going to be locked in for Mm -hmm. a certain amount of time Um, and that's not the case with the Clippers plus they have obviously some internal strife happening with the reports that have come out Um, it just makes it super interesting and then also I think something that's important is that we need to kind of give a little bit of credence to the fact that 
playing with someone like Pascal Siakam when they're not doing the jumbo lineup, the Raptors that is, helps Serge Ibaka because generally speaking, he's not going to have an assignment on defense specifically that mm. draws him out when he's playing a two big man lineup, depending on the rotation, depending on the team, depending on the talent that they have, he might be put on someone who's a little bit too quick for him or on the offensive end he might be defended by someone who is faster than him who has a little bit more bounce than him if the team that he goes to doesn't have someone like pascal siakam who draws a better defender yeah for sure um i think that's a really good point and just to sort of uh, dive a little bit more into some teams that i kind of have my eye on as potential Mm -hmm. fits um you know look it is kind of to me one one year big contract or like multi-year mid-level with the team. It doesn't really feel like a Bach is going to be able to creep up into that mid-range of like 12 to 15 million. It just doesn't seem like any teams have that kind of money to burn right now on yeah. a position that is often kind of seen as a mercenary position. But on that note, I think a couple teams kind of stand out. The and they're all contenders. I think the Celtics we saw, you know, man, Serge Ibaka would have been a really nice if player he went to, to have the on Celtics, that Celtics team. It would suck. If he goes to the Celtics, <laughs> though, that's just like traitor territory. That is like take every scarf you own and absolutely just kind of pull a thread and just dismember the scarves because that's the level of, you know, hurt that I think that everyone would have if he went to the Celtics. Agreed. On the same page there. Don't think it'll happen for that reason. I think Ibaka uh, actually cares about what people think of him. Um, mm, the Rockets. if you're waving 12 million in my face. That, I mean, fair enough. Um, <laughs> the Rockets, I think, are interesting uh, considering okay. they don't have any big men and Ibaka kind of does things that a big man on that team should do like shoot threes and mm-hmm. uh, i mean i guess they don't really like mid-range shots but um you know someone who can actually be taller than six foot seven i think they might value that <laughs> and <laughs> considering their roster is bereft of all of those guys right now that seems to be maybe a fit and also you have the russ and harden connections as well if you're looking to reunite that thunder crew uh mm-hmm. in the weirdest possible way and then honestly the lakers like if the Lakers threw him the mid-level to sort of be their new starting center, you move out Dwight and JaVale McGee and just have a Baca. That would be very, very good. He would fit next to Anthony Davis just fine, I think. And I would hate it, but that seems like a pretty okay fit. I hope that doesn't happen <laughs> because yeah, I don't want to like, like I was like so torn this year, sort of having to root for the stupid Lakers because I wanted LeBron to win while all the other things is like that are telling me like, no, the Lakers winning is evil. And then they won and everything was terrible. Um, and having a Baca go there, I wouldn't want that to be another sort of point of conflict as well within my uh, my own internal sort of uh, <laughs> reckoning with, with different teams. We so. should really send a hateful letter to Raptors management for just putting together such a likable team. It's, it makes yeah, it so hard for conversations disgusting. like this where you're like, well, I want them to do well, but just like not that well. But am yeah. I a terrible person for hoping that they don't reach their potential? Listen, with Ibaka, I think one of the things that is definitely a factor aside from money and aside from the way a team is built where he might end up, I really feel as though, and maybe I'm crazy because he spent so much time in OKC, but after coming to Toronto, I feel like his brand, his lifestyle is kind of suited to more of like a big city, which is why the LA thing does make a little bit of sense to me where it's just like, Mm -hmm. okay, fashion, fame, photographers, Serge Ibaka. Studio time. Yeah, that makes sense. Of (laughs) course. Yes. Um, So, you know, that's something that I could see happen. I also saw rumors um, 
about reuniting with the Nets. Mm. Uh, Kevin Durant specifically, you know, he had him on his cooking show as well. Obviously, they still have some kind of standing relationship. Um, But here's the thing. He's just one of the top centers in free agency right now. So you can go on any website for any team and everyone is asking about Serge Ibaka. And if there's a mailbag by a local writer, it's like, who's someone that we should consider picking up? Serge Ibaka is on the tip of everybody's tongue. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's in a very beneficial position, uh, according to my research, not to quote someone from the magic school bus, I think. Um, (laughs) But I think he's in a very preferable position right now. um, If he does want to move, if he is looking for term as opposed to money, um, he pretty much has his pick, honestly, because every is like, we could use them. We could really use someone like that. A big who's smart, who can definitely be counted on in the mid range, who can make some strong defensive plays, can stretch the floor, shoot the three. Although I will say like, we're boosting him really hard. There are some deficiencies in his game, right? He's not exactly the best playmaker. So he can find the open guy here and there, of course, but it's not necessarily his forte. He does struggle with turnovers. Sometimes he is going to get you a couple offensive fouls on the pick and roll, trying to make sure that he hits his man. Um, So there are obviously little things that teams negotiating with him, trying to get the price down are going to point to. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, yeah, it's worth noting that there are still, you know, some deficiencies in this game. I think if you were to come like back with the us. Raptors, like, yeah, absolutely. I have many deficiencies, <laughs> like speaking English. Um, you know, <laughs> if Ibaka were to come back, you know, I think you would expect a bit of a downturn in just sort of the overall sort of flexibility of the Raptors defense. He's not Marcus Gasol out there kind of directing traffic and able to play all different styles. They'd probably have to play a little bit more straight up, like a drop style or whatever it might be. But um, yeah, he's still a guy you want around. And the Nets thing is interesting because they already have centers they want to jettison because DeAndre Jordan apparently has to start for some reason. Mm -hmm. Um, Like Jared Allen already might be on his way out. And so I don't know if that's a good fit for Ibaka. I mean, he'd probably take over the starting job from DeAndre like 10 games in, but still, that's a... That's an interesting one that I don't know if the Nets will have the uh, the funds to make happen. But again, the mid-level exception kind of opens up things for a lot of teams if that's what yeah. a block is going to go for. On the note of the contract, we are going to get to the question that came in from Andy, our pal, in just a second on the other side. But first, I want to tell everybody about Built Bar, which is the best tasting protein bar you are ever going to try. They have six new flavors as well. Joining their complement of 12 original flavors, their new flavors include caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry bar, sea, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. Joining their original complement of flavors, which includes some of my faves like banana bread, mint brownie, and the oh-so-delicious toffee almond. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew, and they're great for the health-conscious person as well. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for keto diets. Some of the flavors, for example, you've got peanut butter, 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams of net carbs. And the brand new cookies and cream, 17 grams of protein, 130 calories. That's so few calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. And right now, Built Bar is offering you a free cooler with your purchase while supplies last. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off your next order. That's the promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off and a free cooler at BuiltBar.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. 
Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Ashley, let's wrap this thing up with our question from our pal at underscore rally cap on Twitter. It is Andy, and he asks, you have to eat one of Serge Ibaka's How Hungry Are You dishes in its entirety, and he comes back on a team-friendly deal. What do you eat? First of all, I would like to say I hope Serge Ibaka makes bucks. I want him to be paid a lot of money, and it would be cool if he came back on a very non-team-friendly deal as well. I would be fine with that, but... In the interest of humoring the question, uh, Ashley, there's a lot of options here. You've got fish eyes. You've got meal worms and rice. You've got goat brains. You've or lamb brains, I guess. You've got um, the cow heart that he fed the Gasol brothers. You've got uh, God. There's so many things. There's like the the bug juice he gave to Jeremy Lin. Uh, of all of these, maybe there's another you get one some that tongue. Out. There's like a boiled tongue situation. Yeah, you've got the penis pizza he gave to Kawhi. You've got mm-hmm. the the testicles he gave to Kyle. Uh, there's a lot of stuff here. What are you picking of the entire bunch to eat in its entirety to bring Serge Ibaka back? Um, <laughs> like really and truly, if it came down to it, I'd eat a number of those things to bring him back on a team friendly deal. But if I'm picking one, I'm gonna choose the pizza. I think. Mm-hmm. Because, mm-hmm. you know, pizza's always good. <laughs> <laughs> and I really, feel, you know, to keep it simple. And I also just really feel like, I, I rem- if I remember correctly, he was putting very thin prosciutto-like slices of said testicle delicacy on the pizza. No, no, um, no. It was like chunks. No? It was like- Are you uh, sure? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was like- uh, like it wasn't like deli sliced or anything like that. It was like one inch, it's like shaved turkey. Like, yeah, yeah, no, it was more um like you know okay. the little pepperoni bites you'll get. Uh, oh, like oh, sort okay. of chopped down pepperettes. Basically that. <laughs> I'd still, you know what? I'd still do that. I'd give the slice the old like New York fold, and then go two to one dough cheese to testy ratio. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As I like to say. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> As my signature phrase is. Um, like what? <laughs> for me, the one I think I'd want to give a shot to, uh, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be the fish eyes. Those look pretty gross That's when you've got Pascal. He ate snake with Kevin Durant. And yes. I've always been kind of fascinated by what snake would taste like. It looks like just like a very um I don't want to say like pleasing thing to prepare, but like snake meat seems to come in like big chunks. seems like you could braise it or stew it pretty well. And it would kind of break down and become nice in, in like a, you know, like, like a, like a broth heavy dish. What? Um, I don't a broth. Know. Don't you think not to get too technical here? Cause I'm not a Michelin star chef, but mm-hmm. I feel like snakes are just one big muscle. That's like, true. I feel like it, it would be, be so tough. tough. Yeah. You're looking at more of like a beef jerky feel, I think, mm, which, you know, what? that's yeah. a popular the gas station snack, too. So but that's why I think of like low, slow cooking. You take a Pressure while, cooker. you blend it down. Maybe you hit it with a hammer before tenderize it a little bit. Maybe you <laughs> oh make snake, snake, snake schnitzel or something like that. Uh. <laughs> Either way, I think we're willing to do a lot to get him back, at least for the one season. Yeah, I'll eat them um, all. Screw it. Uh, I won't just, do the, I can't do the brains. I'm sorry. Mm. But he uh, dressed them up so nicely with no. uh, very haphazard looking herbs. Uh. <laughs> no, no, I can't. The texture for me, mm. um, it seems too gelatinous a little bit. 
Yeah. Uh, I would say, uh, you know, embrace your inner DeLon right when thinking about the land brain because he looked like he was off put by it, but then he ate all of it. So uh, <laughs> he was starving. Shout out to DeLon, Miss DeLon. Uh, Ashley, I think that's probably a good place to leave the podcast. Thank you so <laughs> much. Shout out for, to DeLon. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> what, a, what a better way to end off a Serge Ibaka podcast. Um, exactly. Yeah, this, uh, this was great. Ashley, thanks so much for taking the time. Glad we could finally get you on the podcast. This is your first appearance, I believe, which uh, I've been sending long emails overdue. that have been ignored. Um, <laughs> and so we can have that conversation offline, Mr. White. No, I'm, I really appreciate it. Um, it was fun to catch up and, and chat too. And congrats yeah. on 806. Yeah. There's well, nothing we'll, to scoff at. I guarantee you, you'll be on before 1612. How about that, <laughs> you'll you'll be on within the next eight hundred and six episodes. I That's promise. That's a safe bet, I think. Yeah, unless you've been uh, put off by this entire experience, which hey, fair enough. Uh, yeah, I'll be messaging <laughs> my agent any any information that comes through from Sean Woodley. Just put that right in the trash. <laughs> uh, in the meantime, Ashley, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at smartash, S-M-R-T-A-S-H. You can find me on Instagram at Ashley Docking or my brand spanking new website, ashleydocking.com. Awesome. Uh, go check out all of that. And uh, thanks so much for coming on, Ashley. You can find me at Woodley Sean on Twitter. You can subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, all that stuff. Uh, you can find the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown Raptors as well. And uh, we'll be back again as we continue on here in the week. We're going to finish off our season review of the different players in the roster with Patrick McCaw and O'Shea Brissett and Dewan Hernandez and Paul Watson, all the guys you care about most, or at least the guys that Blake Murphy cares about most. <laughs> we'll get to those two uh, over the course of the rest of the week, and we'll have a bunch more fun as well. Probably a mailbag this week as well. So if you have any good mailbag questions, send them on in. And uh, that'll do it. We'll be back again on Tuesday with another episode of Locked On Raptors. Now go tell your smart speaker to play Locked On MLB to tee up the World Series. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.